Hi guys, hope we are all doing well. As always, welcome back to the Content Creator Podcast, the podcast that helps creators create. So whether you are looking to grow your personal brand, your working marketing, or whether you run your own business and want to get your message out there, this is the podcast for you, hopefully. Uh, in this episode, we've already talked about in the previous episode, um, what to or how to know when you're ready to outsource content. And in this episode, part two, is what to actually look for and what to know uh, when you do go on about your journey of outsourcing content. So there's a few different areas of content that you can be outsourcing. You could have just outsource the whole thing. You might still want yourself to be on camera uh, or you know, kind of be the one that's interviewing people on podcasts or whatever. Um, and there may be certain areas that you want to outsource. There may be the video editing, there may be the audio production, there may be the copywriting uh, that you want to outsource. So the first thing that you have to think about is exactly you know, what you're not good at, what you want to improve on, uh, and all that sort of stuff. And you have to kind of put that alongside a little bit of money. Okay, obviously this is gonna cost uh, money to outsource, but we hope that we see a return because of that or we uh, see some benefits for that. So think about how much it is that you can actually spend. So obviously you want to know where your uh, shortfalls are, um, but you also want to have a look at how much that you can actually spend. It might only be a couple of hundred uh, pounds or dollars a week, and that might not be able to get you um, to the point where you can outsource all of your video editing, for example. However, you might be able to outsource some other tasks, some smaller tasks around the content, and you could maybe do the editing yourself still if you have the, the skills to do so. So. It's not always a case of going, I'm not very good at this and outsourcing that, uh, you know, that task immediately or I don't like this, I'm going to outsource that immediately. Try and find the balance of what you can actually afford. Um, so if you, you know, you're spending 100, 500, maybe it's even a thousand pounds a month on outsourcing content, look at what you're actually going to get back in return. Yes, that's going to be video files or podcasts or, you know, a, a nicely written blog, uh, perhaps, but what are you also getting back outside of that? And this is what can help you justify spending that money because some people don't want to. I myself, you know, uh, small freelancers, videographers, creators, especially if you're starting a YouTube channel yourself, you're not going to have a, a huge amount of money that you want to throw down uh, so easily. But look at the other benefits. So yes, you get the video files, as I say, you get the final output, but what you could also be getting back is time. You could actually be getting better production quality, so better you know, better quality content. You might be getting more content done if you're more efficient, um, and also just the mental capacity, right? At least now, say your videos are outsourced, you're not doing the editing yourself. Well, now you yourself can look and script another four or five videos and get more recorded as well. So I've talked about efficiency quite a bit on the podcast, um, and that is certainly something that outsourcing, obviously, uh, can improve. So let's say you're at the point now, right? Okay, you, you know what tasks it is that you want to outsource. You've decided what elements you're maybe uh, falling short of or want to improve on, and you're ready to go look for uh, freelancers, perhaps. And this also applies to not only freelancers, but also if you're a, maybe you're a bigger company and it's and we say outsource, but what we really mean is is hiring somebody in. Um, so say you're a marketing manager or something like that, you might want to get a video producer in or a, uh, somebody else to 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 help. Um, so these are all the areas and the things that you want to consider. Uh, when you're actually going out there and outsourcing content. 
So number one, obviously you want someone with the skills, right? So you want someone who can demonstrate that they are good at audio production, copywriting, editing videos, they're good at creating content, they're good at what they do. Um, and so obviously the things that are gonna support that is a, you know, the obvious things like a decent portfolio, previous work, recommendations, uh, things like that. That said, never be you know afraid to um, to work with a, a, a freelancer who's literally just set up. Um, some of my first gigs, obviously, people were taking me on as a video freelancer, having literally just started that week. But I still had some good you know portfolio bits and pieces I could demonstrate where it is that I've been working, some some expertise. But still, that said, I kind of shot myself in the foot with that point because yeah, don't don't necessarily be scared to hire someone who is. Um, just starting out might mean that you get uh, cheaper rates for their skills and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, things like that, uh, consider and have some context around and make the decision there. Um, but what you want anyways is someone with good knowledge of your area, okay? So what you can also do, you may just want someone to tidy up some audio production or, or whatever. Um, and those are kind of like general tasks. But say, for example, you might be working with a video freelancer for your YouTube channel. You want to uh, promote your business or your brand on there a little bit. Um, you can get very, very niche freelancers who, yes, they may likely charge a little bit more because they're niching down and they're very, very specific to your sector, but they could really, really help you with your space. So my speciality, uh, I always said when I was a, a freelancer, or I still am a freelancer, sorry, but uh, my, my speciality um, was always and has always been social media um, and tying in, being able to tie in a strategy or providing some help with strategy and ideas around content. And, you know, maybe I would do it this way, maybe I would do it that way um, whilst I'm on set and filming with those people. Um, and also being able to find kind of like micro clips that I knew would be suitable or little golden nugget bits or things like that that I knew would be good for social media to take them out of the full length episode. So I was always kind of tying in this sort of social media strategy and understanding around just turning up with a camera and doing the, you know, doing the video work. There's a lot of amazing video videographers uh, out there. Um, I am by no means the, the best. I'm not the worst, but I kind of sit there in the middle. But I always feel that when I'm working with businesses and charities and whatever else, whoever is kind of on social media, I feel like I've got that, that slight edge. And I always say that you can get a videographer who can do um, a video 10 times like production quality cinematography you know on all these like red um you know forty thousand pound like red cameras and all this sort of stuff um however i'd like to think that i'm going to be able to create something that actually works for social media works for your instagram tiktok youtube whatever um so you can find freelancers anyways who kind of have those specialities have those understandings and that's very very important um, for someone who, uh, you want to find someone, sorry, so point number two here is find someone, sorry, who is um, equally not too busy um, and actually able to take on your workload, right? So say you do have quite a bit of work for them or you even just have one video a week or whatever. Um, you don't want a freelancer who can't keep up with his or her demand for work. And this is also very important where, you know, you might be kind of settled into a rhythm of one video per week. Um, and then all of a sudden you go, right, I want to try and up that to two or I want to try and do a little bit more. Or they might go, I can't do that. Sorry, but I'm at like full capacity, um, which is fine. You may just have to get either another videographer or uh, or switch freelancers or whatever. Um, but that's not necessarily ideal. Um, so if you can try and find a freelancer who is able to take on your workload and, and has some good flexibility around their work, uh, then that's very, very helpful. 
because I've made that mistake before where I've taken on more work than I can than I can manage because I was heavily heavily underpriced uh, when I you know first started out so I was taking on a lot of work that I was struggling to keep up with but I premised it by saying look I'm very very busy my rates are really really cheap because I'm you know just trying to get myself out there I've obviously got quite a bit of work on um, as long as you know that it might be a week or so before you get your final files um, then you know if you're happy with that I'm happy with that keep it the same nice cheap rate and that's great and most people are, are, are very very happy as long as they have that that understanding um, understand however that if someone has not got a massive amount of uh, work on or they're able to quite easily accommodate your workload you might might be the case that you're paying that little bit extra for that but I would rather pay that extra you know few or two three five pounds per hour more uh, in their rates or 10 pounds an hour more in their rates to guarantee good work and, and management of time so um, with that you kind of want to ask the question of how long you can actually see yourself working with them so freelancers have um, or a lot of freelancers will have kind of like a longer term sort of contract like a three six nine twelve month contract um, and that can often um, be a little bit more trustworthy or a little bit more beneficial to you as well as them they know they're getting the money they're going to dedicate you know their time to you but you know that you're not going to have to kind of onboard a new uh, freelancer every week, every two, three weeks, because that videographer is now too busy, that copywriter is now too busy, you know, and then constantly having to try and talk someone through what you want to do, talk someone through your strategy, through your ideas, through everything you're doing, your brand guidelines. I like it like this. I don't like the videos like that. And da 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 da. And all. And before you know it, you could have actually just got a freelancer that you could have um, done so much more work with in that time because you haven't spent. Uh, all the time onboarding people so um, that is also of course something to uh, bear in mind um, and if they're actually quite flexible in their workload um, and their pricing then that's great if they have the option to go uh, you know they may still have a retainer with you for 500 pounds a month or whatever but you can always ask them look if I have some extra ideas or I want you know a few extra clips are you able to do that are you happy enough doing that obviously pay them to do so don't be the person that wants all loads of extra free stuff um and uh, and i find that's what what works well for me as a freelancer as well as i'll always give clients a few different prices so i'll say look this is the based on what you've said this is the video that you're talking about um here's just a few options because I find when I, whenever I go out on shoots for the type of case study, um, a lot of the, the stuff that I'm doing now at the moment is like case study type stuff. Um, filming down in London a few weeks ago, filming a lot of uh, uh, doctors in, in hospitals. And there was a few moments where they went, well, actually, I'm, I'm, you know, they've done their bit. They've spoke to camera. They said, well, we know a few other doctors in here. Would you like to film them? I'll just see if they're free. And if I was the kind of videographer that turned around and went, well, no, actually, <laughs> not a chance. You've paid for this. This is how many videos you want. It's not happening. Um, then that wouldn't that wouldn't be very, very good, would it? So we're there. I'm happy to press record on the camera, let it run for another 20 minutes, film somebody else. Um, and they can decide if they want the video later. Try and be, um, you know, trying to be as flexible as you possibly can. Um, you know, in both ways, as the freelancer and as the person getting the freelancer is a huge, huge help. So if they can be flexible like that, they're happy to accommodate, then that is absolutely awesome. You've got yourself a, a winner. Um, and I think as well that if you can find people who can perhaps help with other things. Now, what I'm talking here is you, you may have a videographer who can help you with a, with Photoshop for some basic, you know, for some thumbnail type stuff. Don't be that person that tries to um, 
find someone who can do everything because there will be people like that and they can do a, a decent job on, on quite a lot of things. Um, but they're not always going to be the best, their best job. Um, I myself will say, look, I can knock you up a thumbnail on Photoshop, but it's normally just to cut out of you some words at the side. It's nothing fancy. And I always say I recommend a proper um, designer to, to do something like this. They might go, no, look, we're happy with that. It is what it is. You know, it, it serves its purpose. It serves its, its use. Um, we're happy with that and, and pay me whatever it is to do so. That I'm more than happy with. If you're happy with that as well, then absolutely awesome. Um, but you want someone who can maybe be a little bit flexible like that, or at the very least be able to give you some recommendations, right? So I'm, I'm pretty well connected with a load of different videographers now. I might even say to some clients, that type of video work, I recommend this guy or I recommend that guy. Um, and they, you know, the same goes for Photoshop stuff. I might say, look, I'm not a photographer. I always get asked, will you, will you take a photo while you're here? Get some headshot type stuff. And I'm fine taking the headshots, but as soon as they go, can we, can we do this and can we do that? Can you get a photo of this? I say, look, I can do, I'm here. I don't mind it. I'll send you the JPEGs. That's perfectly fine. But I'm not a photographer. I can recommend you so many amazing photographers who can do this, you know, 10 times better. Yes, at a price, but it's it's going to be better quality. Um, if you have freelancers and who can who can do that, can, can recommend you if you're stuck on other things, then that's a bonus. I probably talked about that point a little bit too much because uh, that was just a, a short little bonus point. This is a really, really important one. Are they actually nice to work with? Do you get along with them? Do you like them? Do you like their values? Do they like your values? Do you like the brand? Uh, or do they like the brand, I should say? Um, it's such an important thing because if you're sending, I've had it loads where um, sending stuff over to freelancers or they're asking, you know, other freelancers getting me in um, and all that sort of stuff. And if you if you can't, if they can't work together, then the project is just going to fall down like immediately. Um, I remember one freelancer, uh, I was I was working, they were working for a company, I was working underneath that freelancer and they were a, a real, real nightmare to try and um, get along with. They had, a, you know, a bit of pressure from the client, which I, I I had to understand as well. But they were very, very demanding. Very like, I need it now. Um, it was a big, big project as well, so I didn't want to lose it. Trying to accommodate, didn't quite, you know. And in the end, we got down to the second half of the um, of the project, and I turned around. Uh, the freelancer was due to pay me the deposit to actually book a few dates. It didn't happen. Um, and then when it came to, you know, they were like, are you free next week? I was like, well, no, I'm, I'm booked up now. You didn't, you didn't pay me the deposit and they kicked, they kicked right off. They weren't happy. Well, look, we need you there. You've said that you were available on that date. Well, yes, I did, but you didn't pay the, you didn't pay the deposit. Um, and it was just such a, a, a nightmare to try and get along with. It was a freelancer, but they, to me, they were my client. Um, and you know, I was like, I can recommend you so many different videographers, but they, they weren't having it. And in the end, I was the one that turned around. I was the freelancer here, you know, the one that they were outsourcing to, but it works both ways. I turned around and said, look, I literally can't work with this. I can't, I can't do it. This is the first client that I've ever kind of blacklisted and said, look, I can't, I can't work with you. It's not worth the stress. It's not worth the hassle. Yes, it's a fair amount of money. It was heavily discounted anyways. Um, because it was a big, it was a big project. I didn't want to lose it, but I was like, I can't. When I'm receiving emails from you at 11 p.m. at night, put up with this. <laughs> so it was no good. So I put myself in in both shoes there, as the you know, as the client and as the one who's who's been in that um in in that one where you've not been able to work with someone. Try and find someone who is nice to work with, right? Try and find someone who doesn't demand the world um, in such a short space of time, at least. Um, and and a freelancer as well who can take constructive feedback 
Um, and I say that and I immediately have to premise it by saying, do not also be the client um, who goes, yeah, I want this changed, I want this changed, I want this changed, and I want this changed, without saying a single word about the things that you like. All right, the amount of times I've sent a video and they've go, I want that changed, that changed, that changed. I don't like that, I hate that, I hate that, I hate that. And I go, right, is there anything that you liked about the video? And they go, oh, yeah, 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 loads of stuff. Oh, I loved it, brilliant video, loved it, tremendous. Love the intro, love the thing that you've done there, sounds great, love the, love the song that you've used, da, da, da. Oh, loads of things. And you're like, right, okay. It can sometimes be very, very... Um, difficult for the freelancer to uh you know to kind of hear i don't like this i want this change i want this change but uh yeah be reasonable with the freelancer but also you've got to be able to work with them and they've got to you know have a good understanding of of what you're trying to achieve and be be flexible enough and able to make those changes should you need them um the other thing is do they enjoy the content so you might enjoy the content right if you're me for example you might love talking about formula one and all this racing stuff like i do on affinity racing does the freelancer actually have any interest in that? Do they enjoy that sort of content? Do they enjoy putting these things together? Because the chances are they might want to then up their rates later, which is perfectly fine, but they might go, oh, it's not really worth it. Unless you're going to pay me £5,000 an hour, I do not want to listen to you talk about Formula One. Um, and so, you know, and then, and, and you might drop to the back of their queue as well. You don't know how they work during the day. They might go, oh God, I've got to edit that guy, that horrible Geordie. I've got to go edit his podcast as well. Ugh, God, don't want to do that. That's the last thing that you want because, you know, they're not going to be putting a, a whole load of effort in, a, a pride and joy about it. You know, it's not going to go on their portfolio. Um, so yeah, have a look as well, you know, kind of have a chat with them. What hobbies is it that you like? What interests do you actually have? I myself, I love business, so I knew, I knew that um, I end up working with quite a lot of, uh, naturally I end up working with a lot of business owners because I get what it is that they're trying to do. I love their passion for the business. Um, and I also have like a good understanding of, uh, of YouTube as well. So people that are trying to grow their YouTube channels, I work with quite a lot uh, or kind of create the, the YouTube content for that. Um, and I think that just helps. Ask them what their interests is. What do they? What is it that they actually enjoy? What do they get out of the content? Because um, for me, I love that creative process, especially anything talking about business and business ownership, and um, you know, building a brand and that sort of stuff. So that's how I end up naturally um, gravitating towards those types of clients. So if you can find a freelancer that does the same for you, that is awesome. So moving on then to a few different things that you want to um, look out for and potentially avoid. So again, this comes from someone who um, is outsourced by a lot of, you know, my clients are outsourcing me um, and someone who is has outsourced content himself as well. So a few things that you want to look out for. The first thing I would say is be be actually prepared to work with a few different freelancers. Don't be put off outsourcing content because the first freelancer didn't work. Um, be prepared to work with a few of them. You know, the same goes for content. I've said if a podcast doesn't work or YouTube didn't quite work or whatever, don't assume that that is marketing as a whole that doesn't work or content as a whole doesn't work um, because it's simply not the case. The same goes for freelancers. The same goes for outsourcing content. You know, you're, you're only going to know how good that uh, work is going to, be once you've got them to do it and judge it from there and how good that working relationship is going to be as well. So that's the first thing that I would say is if you're actually prepared to work with two or three different freelancers before you maybe find the the, the, the right one, um, then you're not going to be so disappointed when it, the, you know that first one or whatever doesn't quite work out. So that's the first thing that I would say. Um, number two, weigh up the costs, right? So we've talked about this earlier against what you actually get beyond the content. 
Um, so like I say, time, all that sort of stuff. It's very easy to go, oh no, I don't want to pay that rate. Um, you know, £500 a month, say on a retainer for some video editing. I'm not paying £500 a month. If you've got the £500 a month there, but you're not wanting to spend it, you know, kind of look, are you then going to be happy doing 50 hours over the, the course of that month to edit all of those videos? Is that actually worth it? Um, you know, and 1.5 or 2.5 uh, rather, sorry, just as an extra um, note here for really high level uh, businesses. So say, you know, I keep mentioning freelancers and things, but um, I did say that this was going to be outsourcing content in the sense of freelancers, but also, you know, in-house hiring someone in. If you're a marketing manager and you want someone else to help you, um, is it worth uh, hiring someone versus getting a freelancer? So this point might not be relevant for everybody, but if you have the money and more importantly here, the right strategy, this is probably the most important part alongside having the money. Um, and you know exactly what type of content it is that you want, you know exactly what you want to do, what you want to achieve, you've got the content plan there, then that is when I recommend hiring every day of the week. Hire somebody in, do not then get a freelancer um, because you're gonna, you could actually have, say that you are happy paying, what's a general salary, 25 grand a year, right? So this is kind of the level that we're talking. Is that going to be worth 25 grand a year on a freelancer or 25 grand a year on a, on a salary for someone being in-house? Nine times out of 10, I'm going to say hiring someone is actually the way to go. And that's me saying that as a freelance videographer. Hiring someone, if you have the right strategy, is the way to go. You're going to get so much more output. You're going to get so much more kind of um, understanding of the brand and all that sort of stuff. But that is only the case when you absolutely know what you want. The benefit of a freelancer when you're not quite there and should we try this, should we try that, we're not too sure, is that the freelancer can actually help you and say, look, I'm a specialist in videography. I know what's gonna work for YouTube. This is the sort of thing I would recommend. These are the kind of topics I would discuss on your podcast You know, from previous experience. This is what works. Um, then then I would look at getting the freelancer. But if, you, if you've got the salary there, that's the, if that's the kind of budget that you're talking about and it's a, a toss up between freelancer and hiring, then I, I recommend hiring only, 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 and I can't stress it enough, only if the strategy is there. So the third thing to look out for and consider is um, looking at the options to uh, work in bulk with these freelancers and work in bulk when you're outsourcing. So I've already talked previously about the benefits of uh, bulk recording your content, if possible, if that's something that's relevant to, to you and your business. Um, but if you're able to send, say, a freelance videographer uh, five or ten videos, um, the chances are that they're going to be able to kind of bulk discount that project for a start. But they're also going to, because they're going to get it done so much quicker um, and they're going to be able to template things, it's going to be less of a, of a hassle than starting every single project from scratch in terms of titles, intros, animations, colour corrections, all that sort of thing. Um, and I know that myself, that is absolutely the case. Um, they're obviously going to get the work done so much quicker, but it also means so much more consistency throughout your videos. Say you have a series of 10 videos, you're going to want them to look consistent. You're going to want that, you know, in terms of brand recognition, in terms of actual branding, um, you're definitely you're definitely going to want that. And there's a huge, huge benefit, uh, both financially and efficiently and kind of aesthetically and, and quality wise uh, to work in, in bulk. So point number four, I've mentioned at the very start here, um, that you should be prepared to work with a few different freelancers. And the fourth thing to, to consider is making sure that you've created strong, strong, strong 
brand guidelines, right? So you can you can easily explain the purpose of of your videos, you know, the kind of brand ideas and things like that that you have. Um, so that if you do end up working with multiple freelancers, uh, you can have str still try and have strong consistency throughout the style and the way that they may edit their videos or their you know their kind of writing um, may be slightly different. But if you can kind of narrow that variability down um, through a good kind of like you know brand guidelines, tone of voice, all that sort of thing, um, then you're going to minimise that sort of um, that that un unconsistency. Is that the word? Inconsistency, that's the word. Um, you're gonna reduce the amount of inconsistency uh, throughout your content. So for this one, I guess uh, 4.5 is an extension of that point, which is um, make sure you actually have good assets to be able to hand the uh, the freelancers, these people that you're outsourcing your your video and whatever your work to, because if you've got good assets, that's that's flexible, that's good quality. And what I'm talking here is, you know, things like PNG logos, transparent logos, for example, audio tracks, uh, audio animations, intros, uh, animations. If you can send them all of those things, not only again are you getting more consistency, you're getting better quality, um, but they're going to get the job done quicker and save you time and money and, and everything else. Because um, there is nothing worse as a freelance videographer when I say, right, your video's almost done, can you just drop over those logos? Um, I just need, you know, uh, transparent PNG, nice high quality would be brilliant. And then you get a block that is, you know, a white block, JPEG, um, not transparent at all, uh, you know, that's like merely a, a 30 pixels or something like that, and then it's just horrific, you know, the freelancer, he's got to cut around that, he's then got to try and cut it out, he's got to try and make it look half decent, which it never really does, um, and there's there's just nothing worse, so don't be don't be that client as well, do everything that you can to really um, provide the freelancer with as, as much as they're possibly going to need from you, in order to do the job, um, do the job properly. Um, and yes, don't be the client that when you get asked for a PNG, sends a, a JPEG with a white block <laughs> behind your logo. There is nothing worse, nothing worse. Um, so there we go. That's going to round that one out. A slightly longer episode, this one, um, in terms of, uh, well, I think all of the episodes have been quite long, haven't they? But uh, this one, a little bit more uh, detail of what to look for. Uh, when you're outsourcing. And I really hope this has helped everybody out. If there's any more things that you consider that you think even I haven't mentioned, uh, do drop them below in comments and message me on social. I'd be I'd be very intrigued to know. I'm sure there's many more things. Um, but these are definitely the main, you know, the main considerations to really ensure you, you get on your way uh, with, a, you know, setting out to, to hire a freelancer and outsource content. So I hope you found this useful. As I say, Subscribe if you haven't already on YouTube and uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you leave a review for the podcast. That would be very, very helpful and share it with anyone you think it could help as well. Um, next episode's going to be slightly shorter, I do promise. Um, but in the meantime, I shall catch you. Keep creating and I'll catch you in the next episode.